When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So the big talk that, that I think we're going to see regarding the Fed, and this is a little bit obvious for those of you that, that pay attention to this, but the big, I guess, debate that we'll see play out between now and the Fed's meeting in March will be whether or not they raise rates. And, you know, right now, uh, the, the consensus has maybe shifted a bit. You know, I think the consensus is still at they'll pause. But, but you know, with some of the recent strength in the markets, I think, you know, some people are, are willing to concede that maybe they could hike rates. You know, maybe that's a possibility if we continue to have strength in the markets uh, between now and March. But I want to talk about something that I think a lot of people are, are I guess their eyes have been open to in, in the last maybe couple months. Um, and yet, this is something I've been talking about for a long time now. And that is the other piece of tightening that the Fed has been doing since, uh, let's think here, October 2017. I'm talking about quantitative tightening. You know, essentially, quantitative tightening is the opposite of QE, quantitative easing. And so, you know, quick review, QE, quantitative easing was basically uh, what the Fed did to to help provide liquidity to the system, stability to banks, st- stability to the whole system as a whole. Um, and, you know, it, it a lot of the data would suggest that it was responsible for for uh, uh, having the effect of, of, of loosening monetary conditions. I mean, it absolutely did that, lowering interest rates and ultimately propping up asset markets such as the real estate market and the stock market. They bought U.S. Treasury bonds. They bought mortgage-backed securities. Okay, And and what they've been doing uh, during quantitative tightening is the opposite of that. And so basically what they had been doing after QE ended was when, when those treasuries would mature, when those mortgage-backed securities would mature, they'd reinvest those funds. Well, now what they've been doing is they've been allowing those to run off the balance sheet, meaning that when those treasuries mature or a certain amount each month, uh, the, the, the goal, they're not always meeting this goal. It's choppy from month to month. But the, but the goal is to run off uh, $30 billion worth of, of treasuries each month. So when they mature, they don't reinvest $30 billion and $20 billion of mortgage-backed securities. Again, it's choppy, so it's not always perfect. Um, but that's quantitative tightening. It has the effect of well, the opposite of QE, basically, removing liquidity from the system, removing, I guess, support uh, and offering less stability for the system, and in turn, you know, asset markets. And also, you know, in theory, it it has the effect of tightening conditions and raising uh, rates. And this is something that I think the market is, again, catching up to. I don't think they fully realize this yet. Um, but I mean, it's, 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 you know, even from the fed themselves, you know, they have talked about how in the past people have done studies about how QE basically had the effect of, of had the fed, you know, cut their interest rate further below zero. I mean, that's basically what QE did. And in theory, QT would do the opposite of that. It'd be amount to rate hikes. And so this is something that I think it's critical for people to pay attention to between now and March is the effect of QT and how much it enters into the conversation. 
Because, you know, if the Fed comes out in March, and I don't, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen is I think the Fed will do nothing in March. That's the next meeting that people are expecting them to do something. I think they won't do anything. Um, and, and I think that's the case because because we're just not going to see enough strength in the economy, whether it be China's economy, the stock market, uh, not that the stock market equals the economy, but but certainly some people act like it does. Um, it, we're, we're not going to see enough strength in the U.S. economy. Uh, there, there's going to be other issues between now and then, whether it be the government shutdown, the, the U.S. debt ceiling talks. But I don't think they're going to raise rates. I don't think they're going to cut them in March unless we have some cataclysmic event between now and then. Uh, a major crash in the markets, but I don't think they're going to raise them. But what they're going to do, I think, is they're going to provide more of a kind of wait and see. It obviously depends on where we're out there, but I think they're going to provide a wait and see approach. You know, still say, yeah, we, we could hike rates once or twice still in 2019, but we'll wait and see. And and what's what I think people are going to start waking up to is that, that that's not enough for the markets. The markets are not going to be happy with just a wait and see approach. Because they're going to realize pretty soon here, and some people already have, that what the Fed is doing right now is not a wait-and-see approach. I don't care if the Fed is saying, you know what, we maybe are considering taking off a rate hike in March off the table. Because they're still tightening anyways. They're still doing quantitative tightening, and it's not going to be good enough for the markets. You know, I think come March, the Fed's going to try and pivot a little bit more dovish than where they were in December. They're not going to raise rates. But the markets are going to say, that's not good enough. Quantitative tightening, take it off the table, make it data dependent, stop with this $50 billion a month and, and lower it to something else or, or stop it altogether. Uh, and I think that's going to be, you know, the next pivot for the Fed is to not just cut rates. No, uh, I have talked about in the past about how the Fed can be very nimble when they need to. They can they can, you know, put together a, a massive plan to to save or prop up the economy if they need to. But as a whole, they want their policy to be, to, to be somewhat predictable, and and it's it's akin to to you know turning a large ship around. That's what the Fed usually does, and so these pivots take a while. You saw, it, uh, you know, a, a very hawkish tone, or at least that's what the market interpreted it as back in in October, and when when Powell basically said. We're, we're, you know, a ways away from neutral or something along those lines. Um, and then, you know, by December, he had kind of softened that and said, well, you know, I wasn't saying, you know, quite that, you know, I was saying we're, we're close to neutral, just it depends on what you consider neutral or something along those lines. And then by December, they, they, they uh, raise rates, but then he comes out and says, you know, but we're, we're, we're taken maybe one rate hike off the table next year. And since then, it's been more and more dovish talk. I mean, this is the pivot. This is this big ocean liner uh, doing anything but turning on a dime. This is something that takes months. And by March, I think that pivot will continue. But the next pivot that you need to watch for is QT to, um, to, to become data dependent, to slow down, to stop altogether. Um, and then, you know, unless we have some big crash between now and then, the next step is is going to be talking about eh, maintaining stuff, you know, maintaining uh, interest rates, and then the next thing is going to be rate cuts. And and then you know, I it it really depends on on how far the Fed goes with this, and are they going to underestimate the market and then traders' uh, uh, ability to to realize the importance of QT, right? Because if they keep with QT through March and and through you know the summer of of twenty nineteen. Um, 
I think it's going to be a very abrupt ending to their hiking cycle. I think it's going to very quickly turn to dovish by the end of 2019. Not not just t- dovish talk. I'm talking major rate cuts, potential QE. I mean, that's how bad this is. And people continue to underestimate QT. Even today, people are waking up to it, but I think they underestimate it still. This is something I talked about back when it started, likely. Um, uh, those videos are no longer up, but back when, uh, you know, October 2017, when QT started, it's, you know, this is, this is a big deal and people are not going to pay attention to it, but they'll be forced to in the future. This is why I said over the summer that with rate hikes, even if the rate hikes are only going to do, you know, a couple in 2018 with QT combined with that, they're going to stop by the end of the year. They're going to start to pivot and, you know, they, they didn't cut rates in December. They didn't stop QT. But I would call what they've been doing since a dovish pivot. And, and you know, nothing moves in a straight line. Markets don't move in a straight line, and, and neither does Fed policy. They're going to jawbone. They're going to go back and forth between hawkish and dovish. But as a whole, um, just like, you know, the markets have gone generally up since, you know, 2009, I think going forward, Fed policy is going to be moving in the generally dovish direction it's just a question of how bad will things get you know the whole idea of they're going to raise rates until there's some sort of policy error um i see that as less likely who knows powell could surprise right but i I don't see that as super likely that they're going to raise rates until there's a policy error i think the policy error uh risk now is is in qt if it hasn't already happened in terms of interest rates uh, maybe that's the case right but if we're going to see it continue in the future, it's going to be through QT. Um, this is kind of an autopilot type thing, something they don't have to make huge statements about. But, but you're going to see more and more questions about it. You're going to see more and more people being concerned about things like QT, what days are our bonds or, or mortgage-backed securities being run off of the balance sheet. Um, it's going to be big news, I think, over the, between now and March and even beyond that if they continue with their current path of QT. And it's going to be something that I think ultimately kind of breaks the back of these markets of the economy me um and and could lead to you know some serious uh uh i guess tightening and 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 liquidity issues uh around the world but as well as here in the united states uh but you know that's that's the next thing i mean that's where i see things going if if they stop qt relatively soon this this they can completely move to sort of a neutral position uh not just in their talk but talking about let's just maintain and any uh, hiking or, or cuts that can remain off in the future. Uh, but if they keep with their QT for a while longer, I think it's going to be a very rapid pivot. This is not going to be an ocean line. This is going to be a speedboat, uh, you know, turning on a dime. Um, this is going to be uh, them immediately having to move to Kiwi, immediately move to rate uh, cuts because of uh, the, the turmoil in the economy and in the markets. And I'll remind you that this is not something that the U.S. is doing alone. The ECB recently stopped their QE program. The Bank of Japan is slowly moving in the direction of cutting their bond buying program. Uh, People's Bank of China, they're still doing small, uh, 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 I guess, efforts. They're making small efforts to, I guess, keep their economy, their, keep their markets inflated. Um, but but it's not what we've seen from the past from from the People's Bank of China, and so this coordinated tightening uh, it it spells out trouble. This is not just the U.S. undertaking these policies, and so um, next six months, next twelve months, it'll be very interesting to see what we do with what what the Fed does with with Fed policy. I'm maintaining that they they won't raise rates again, right? For all this talk of a March rate hike, 
Um, maybe if, if we see some major strength in the markets and the economy, or at least, you know, on the surface, uh, but, but I doubt it because this QT is, is stealth tightening and it's going, it's going on autopilot right now. Um, the final thing that I would say to look out for is, is, you know, will they continue their QT in, in, you know, in their statements and talk about how they're doing 50 billion, but is it going to become less and less consistent? Meaning, They'll say fifty billion, but they'll make some excuse, or they'll say some other reason for, you know, in the data reducing it to forty to thirty to twenty billion a month, and and maybe take off some of the pressure on the system through that. But um, that'd be something to look for as well. How much are they actually going to tighten, uh, based uh, that uh, the discrepancy between that and and how much they they say they're going to tighten. So, you know, as always, uh, I hope you enjoyed this video. The next twelve months will be very interesting. Uh, for for the markets for the economy, you know, we could see the U.S. dip into a recession. Um, maybe the first half, uh, certainly the second half of 2019, based on this and and many other factors. But as always, thanks for tuning into this video to this podcast. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart, and God bless.